This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to Around the Dial, your one-stop shop for Sports Talk's best moments every day. Here's your host, CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara. Welcome inside Around the Dial, the best of your sports talk for Tuesday, March the 12th. Thanks for being with us, everybody. I'm your host, D.A. And last night, Russell Westbrook involved in an altercation verbally with a fan in Salt Lake City. Now, there's been some history between Russell Westbrook and the fans of the Utah Jazz. And in this case, Russell felt as though this fan once again went over the line. Now, the fan claims nothing was said that was as aggressive by him as what Westbrook fired back. But what exactly is the end game from fans that are looking to get into some type of verbal interaction to get a rise out of the players? And is it possible fans are feeling too comfortable with their role in heckling the players? We start with Atlanta Hawks GM Travis Schlenk on John and Hugh, 92-9 the game in Atlanta. Hey, uh, Travis, I'd like you to comment on something we, we, we talked about. We've had a couple of incidents. You don't have to necessarily talk about the incidents directly. I, I can ask you more d- indirectly here. The fan with James Dolan at Madison Square Garden, and last night we had an incident with Russ uh, Westbrook and a fan in, in Utah. Not, not assigning blame to anybody on, on either side of all of this, uh, but are we, uh, are, is there some reason for us to be concerned that you know, vocal fans are, are going to uh, – you know, start to be uh, more empowered by more and more incidents they see like this? Or is this something that the NBA has to address and find a better way to police or what? Well, I think one of the things that makes the NBA great is the connection that fans can have with the players. You know, no other sport are you as close to the players as you are in the NBA. Um, you know, no other sport are the players as accessible to the fans. And that's what which makes you know, certainly a large part of what makes our games, you know, a great experience. Um, but, you know, the NBA certainly does take it very seriously um, that there are lines that can't be crossed on both sides. You know, fans certainly have the right to go, you know, heckle players in a, in a clean manner. But when they start crossing the lines uh, to what are socially uh, disrespectful um of more, not even the players, but just human beings. I think that's obviously going too far, and the NBA takes that seriously. Uh, but it goes the same way for players and certainly owners and executives. Like, they can't cross the line back towards the fans. Um, you know, unfortunately, we, like you mentioned in the last you know couple of weeks, we've seen incidents where it's gone both ways. Um, certainly not what Mr. Dolan didn't do anything, you know, verbally, but, you know, his actions uh, – Came across childish, in my opinion, um, and what we saw last night in Utah, obviously, from a fan's perspective, that they crossed the line to a player. So I, I think the league obviously is going to react um, both ways, um, and I think they should. Yeah, this is uh, you know interesting here. You know the the interaction between fans and players because we know that you're, you're right. I mean, it's the proximity there 
that you know we don't want to lose because uh, you know the fact is I would hate to have to have fans sit you know like in hockey or behind a glass or something because some fans just can't control themselves. So let's hope that the the league. Yeah, listen, and we understand. Like when you when you take one of these jobs, or I have a job. If I do something stupid, you guys are going to tell me I did something stupid, and that's part of it, right? I do something right, you'll tell me I did something right. It's when they start start taking shots at your family or calling, you know, saying stuff to your kids. That's that's when it starts you can cross on a line. Yeah, one of the things that somebody suggested, Travis, was, and this might be a pretty uh, decent thing, is that in soccer they have these, uh, you know, the covered uh, tunnels, and maybe the NBA ought to go to covered tunnels for when players come off the off the court. Uh, you know, they have one of those in Utah. Um, when you go in and off the court, their their tunnel is covered, and a lot of arenas already have them. Um, you know, last night's exchange happened on the bench, so there's not, right. not a lot to, not a lot you can do there. This just feels like a dangerous precedent where fans are reaching out to these players on social media. They're seeing these guys on their computer or their phone all day long, and they get to the game and they think that by buying a ticket, it gives them the right to try to get under the skin of the fan. And I think we all know that there is a line. There is playful booing, and then there is trying to get the guy to run up into the stands to fight you. And that is pretty clearly what this Utah Jazz fan wanted to do because going over his old Twitter feed, you saw him tweet that exact thing last year, calling Russell Westbrook a bleeping, classless piece of bleep and wanting Russell Westbrook to, quote, get his ass kicked. And so here's the fan morning show in Pittsburgh. Good job by them. AB's already out of town, but we're still going back to the fan morning show on 93.7, the fan in Pittsburgh. What is the thinking from a fan behind trying to get an interaction with that player during a game? I don't understand the the need to engage at all. Maybe I'm just no. different, but I don't understand the need to engage at all other than if you're a kid and you're asking for an autograph. Or if, you, if mm-hmm. it's that kind of exchange. Like, I've never, it's not within me as an adult to, like, to heckle another human. So I'm what, lost what, on that. Like, I understand right. maybe if other people want to do it, that road isn't even one that I ever go down. So I can't understand it. Th- this is the equivalent. Both. Like, even if it, it went down as that dude said, mm-hmm. that to me is, like, totally foreign. I, w- what this is the equivalent of whether it be the guy trying to snap pictures of Conor McGregor as he's walking out of the hotel, and I'm not excusing what McGregor did in taking the guy's phone and breaking it, uh, whether it be the aggressive heckling, the, the the verbal attacks of players. I mean, there's playful heckling like Daryl, that kind of stuff, and then there's the kind of stuff that this guy is accused of saying to Russell Westbrook. This is the equivalent of the woman out in Arizona the other day who climbed into the, the panther cage and then got attacked by the cat and and wondered why she got attacked. You're 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 inserting yourself into the situation in an aggressive manner, not in a friendly manner, in an aggressive manner, and then you wonder why people clap back at you the way they do. This is you're not a part of this. You may feel like you know these people because you see them on your screen all day. You don't know them, and you don't have the right to talk to anybody like this, even if they are a celebrity an athlete, a public figure. There is just this inexcusable need for people to feel like they're a part of it. How about just cheering for your own team? I agree with you. Right? I, and I'm I'm with you. 
playful when someone's shooting a free throw, you put your arms right. up and you know yell miss it or whatever. The guy even said in that interview, well, they poked one of the players in the eye. You poked one of the well, players in the eye. He also seemed braggadocious that he was having an exchange with right. one of the greats. Like, yes. What do you get right. out of that? Right. And this isn't a college student. This isn't like the Oakland Zoo yelling something out at a play. These aren't teenagers. These are grown men. Like, can't you find some other way to feel better about your no. life? Everybody's got to be a part of it now. And, you know, the other, and then he's got to make it about his wife. Oh, my little five-foot woman. Well, here's the thing. How about shutting your mouth and showing her what a man People is like? People want to poke the bear, and then when the bear bites them, they're the victim. Yes. Like that. Yeah. And it's just, it is exhausting. Sports and sports fandom has become exhausting because people don't subscribe to the same theory I subscribe to. Don't ever say anything about anybody or to anybody through that fence or whatever that you wouldn't say in an alley if it was just you two. You know what they ought to do? And and, and unless you're willing to do that, don't let it come out of your mouth. You know know what I love to see at halftime is where they play a game and they pick people from the stands like that and they put them in the middle of the court and then they blindfold them and they take the blindfold off and they're face-to-face with the person they're saying that to and say, okay, why don't you repeat what you said? No, I just want to see them fight. Right, and then I'm pretty sure that allow. I'm pretty sure that would be the result if Jeff's theory was put into practice. And I would love Russell Westbrook to go and beat the out of that guy. You know, like again, there's a big delineation between a whole crowd yelling Quado or Daryl, yeah, and then pointed, nasty remarks from point to point, from one person to another person. And he was obviously proud of it, right? Oh yeah, he got his fifteen minutes. The guy he got to be on the news, and now everybody's talking wasn't about him. This 10. morning, it, I know it comes off so lowbrow when he says, "I'm I'm going back back and forth with one of the." I'm greats. talking to Russ. Do you think Russell Westbrook is going to say at the end of his career, "You know what I did? I went back and forth with this guy and, in Utah that worked yeah. in an insurance office." You know who needs to control this? The Utah Jazz. I agree with you. They need to stop this from happening. They need to take control of that place and kick these people out. So weird. Such a we- such a weird psychological thing that happens with fans. It really is. The worst part about this dude is that he claims, I never said anything. I just was trying to get into a conversation. It was all fun. He's one of the best. He's a legend. And you just know that the fan doesn't feel that way. So he's doing the old Dennis the Menace slash Eddie Haskell routine acting as though he had no inclination of trying to fire up Russell Westbrook. I can't believe it. Give me a break, dude. That's exactly what you were trying to do. Get a rise out of him and then acted as though, oh my God, I can't believe he was so aggressive to me. Elsewhere in the NBA, the Golden State Warriors are having a bizarre end of the season. They got smashed by the Boston Celtics a week ago, and then they lost to the Phoenix Suns, one of the worst teams in all of the NBA. People are wondering, is this the last hurrah for Golden State because they're playing like it? Here's the Rise guys on ESPN 1320 in Sacramento. Are Steve Kerr and Kevin Durant as good as gone? What'd you think of Steve Kerr, who could clearly be seen telling Mike Brown, I'm so effing tired of Draymond's S. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I thought it was a, a human moment in a season full of human moments for Steve Kerr. I think he's done, done. I think he is done, done. That's what I think. I truly believe if they win that he'll take his his ring, and walk off. Oh, I see. So you're saying Jaeger goes to Minnesota and Steve Kerr mm-hmm. slides right into Sacramento. Comes up the 80 to Sacramento. Yes, I found a new passion. No, I, I, I truly think that 
um, he's he's had it. You, 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 he's worked with the same crew primarily for a number of years. The pressure's unrelenting. The success is tremendous. It's taken a huge toll on him physically. And now I think, I mean, okay, he's probably not the only guy who's ever said that about Draymond, right? I don't want to overanalyze one statement. I just think he's functioned this year like a coach who feels like he could walk. Mm-hmm. Like maybe this isn't the only thing he wants to do in his yeah, life. Yeah, I think I agree with you, and I think he knows it. He's, they've just heard everything that he has to tell them. It happens. With That's them, right. I think he's given all their all his speeches. Their incredible success accelerated the process somewhat, but he they've they know everything that he's going to tell them. That they've already processed it. There's nothing yeah. more they can learn from him. He still handles these situations well, though. After practice today, Steve Kerr was asked if he had talked to Draymond. He said that's private, and uh, he said that the, the lip readers were wrong. He said, no, no, the lip readers were wrong. What I said was, I beg to differ with Draymond's approach tonight. Those were my exact words. I don't know how somebody misconstrued that. Yeah. So good for him. Just, he didn't deny it. No. no, no, that's not what I said. No, you Made just Made a have joke to, out of it, and you know what? It's private. Yeah, you just... <laughs> You're owning it, but you're just trying. You're also trying to downplay it a little bit. So he's done with Draymond a little. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, KD seems done with the whole thing. Yeah, but particularly with Kerr, I you know it feels like it's it feels like a really great team on the verge of a pretty big breakup, and and uh, enough surviving pieces will be there that they'll continue to be really really good. The question is if Kerr leaves, and I really do think that's I'm not kidding, I completely. I'm going to be totally unsurprised if he walks. Um, then really the question is, who coaches that great collection of talent? It feels more likely than not that Kevin Durant is already gone emotionally and that he will be gone to the offseason. As for Steve Kerr, that's a tougher one. I think Kerr recognizes just how special this group is. And it would surprise me if Steve Kerr decided to walk away when Kevin Durant walks away. I think... If KD left, it would kind of go back to the vibe and the chemistry that they felt before Kevin Durant showed up, and they were much tighter, seemingly, and much happier. And clearly, KD's addition has made them dominant, but are they enjoying it as much as they were before KD showed up? I would think Steve Kerr would want to stick around for a year after Kevin Durant leaves, if that's what's going to end up happening this offseason. In the NFL, free agency has been all the rage this week, and the Jacksonville Jaguars got their man. Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles is now a member of the Jaguars. Now, we know that Jacksonville is talented, but they've got a lot of young players, very volatile and perhaps immature. Can Foles get that locker room in order? Here's Mad Radio on Sports Radio 610 in Houston. About Nick Foles, that everybody will tell you up in Philadelphia was that the guys, the guy's leadership skills and his personal skills are beyond compare. Everybody loves him in Philadelphia. I feel like the last thing you have to worry about is that they really think Jalen Ramsey's gonna be like, well, I've heard good things about this Nick Foles, and I like him a lot better than Blake Bortles. But frankly, eighteen million a year, <laughs> no respect. But now that he's got fifty million guaranteed, what does he think? Now that he's got the guaranteed money, I. Yeah, I don't quite get I don't get the bidding war that never was where Nick Foles had the deal. Like if you're in the Jaguars, are you not a little bit nervous that you were able to lock him up so far before free agency actually began because nobody else was a suitor for Nick Foles? I, I guess this is where desperation ends up 
being the worst thing for you sometimes as an organization. Like they, I think they might be spending an extra $5 million a year that they didn't have to. There were, there were reportedly no other suitors out there, like people that really desperately wanted to get Nick Foles. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking through this logic that the Jaguars had to pay Nick Foles more money to earn more, him more respect in the locker room. And I'm trying to think of this set through every single angle. Yeah. <laughs> and uh I can't find any real justification. I mean, think about He's this. A, like we we all most of us like have a workplace, right? Imagine if our workplace hired someone like like Nick Foles. Like we brought in like your company brought in somebody who is a pretty good performer but has some questions and everybody in the office heard that they paid him more money to earn him more respect in the office. That doesn't sound rational. No, I think Gar- at all. I think what Garofalo has done is he's heard various players talk about how there is a measure of respect. There's something that when somebody when somebody gets that big contract, especially if they're a free agent or whatever, there is a certain cachet to that. Like, and it's it's hard to find exactly what it is, but great expectations come with with that too. The problem is he bastardizes whatever he's heard from players about that and turned it into like you have to have that contract to have that respect, which just flat out isn't true. Like as as like Tom. Tom Brady's underpaid as a quarterback. Is there like that'd be the extreme example? Does Garofalo Garofalo worry that somehow the Patriots players don't respect Tom Brady because well, he doesn't because he's underpaid as a quarterback? Clearly, clearly they don't respect him because <laughs> Tom Brady doesn't even value himself enough to be one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. The, uh, How can you respect this man? Ow! Is the Ow. Uh... I love it. I absolutely love this signing by the Jaguars. Look, he might never end up being the same Nick Foles he was when he was in Philadelphia, but in terms of the values and the strengths that he brings to the table, it's all the things that that Jaguars locker room needs. They need accountability on offense. They need a quarterback that can win big games. They need a quarterback that's not going to blame anybody else. they got to make sure that they've got a very even-keeled leader to try to make sure that all of the things that have blown up over the last couple of years that derailed the Jaguars, especially last year, don't rear their ugly heads again. And Foles can be that guy. I think this is an awesome marriage. Plus, his former coach from Philadelphia, John Filippo, is now his offensive coordinator in Jacksonville. This feels like the best situation for Nick Foles, perhaps outside of Philadelphia. The Detroit Lions have been active, signing Trey Flowers, a great pass rusher for the New England Patriots and former Patriot Danny Amendola after a one-year exile in Miami with the Dolphins. So a couple of old Patriots coming to play for an old Patriot coach in Matt Patricia. What do we think? Can we say the Lions have been winners in free agency? Here's Jason Locken for NFL Insider for CBS. And 97 won the ticket in Detroit with Jamie and Stoner. Do you still wait for them to make some more moves or maybe through the draft? Or is this the Lions saying... Hey, Matthew, you're paid like a top-tier quarterback. Go out and play like a top-tier quarterback. I think you have to kind of let this play out and breathe a little bit. Um, running backs, you can find them day two if mm-hmm. you want to go that, that route. Um, there's only one outside receiver really out there, Tyrell Williams. That money's going to get crazy. You know, literally, that was it. I mean, Deshaun Jackson wanted to go to Philadelphia. That was an inside job, and that was a trade. A.B. was a trade. If you look at the, the receivers, the, the only ones worth paying are in the slot. And these guys had Golden Tate, and they're not going to bring Golden Tate back at 12 or 13 a year. You know, so they, they made their move there. I, look, it's a great 
draft for move tight ends. And, and you know, Jesse James is, is not that guy. Um, Jesse James can catch the ball a little bit, but he's not explosive. He's not quick twitch. He'll help you in the run game. He'll do a little bit of everything. But that could be a way to really unlock this, um, you know, this offense as well. If you get one of the tight ends from Iowa, and, and there'll be more sprinkled throughout day two as well. You know, that's an area where, okay, they've addressed offensive line in recent years. You know, now maybe you go and get a weapon like that. And again, younger, cheaper, and not at the price point. I mean, you look at the tight ends in free agency, it's slim pickings. You know, I mean, somebody's going to pay Jared Cook a lot of money. Um, you know, Austin Safarian Jenkins, I, I like the skill set, but he's been suspended. He's been injured, hasn't played a lot of football. Tyler Eifert, when he's healthy, absolutely. I, I, I'd love to buy low on him, but he, he, he really hasn't been healthy in three years. So I, I think you start looking at this free agent class and then the, where the, where, where the strengths are, and then you start looking at the draft where the strengths are, and it, it wouldn't be the worst idea in the world, especially, you know, late, you know, late day one into day two to be taking a lot of offensive players. I guess, so are we contractually obligated to ask you to give the Lions a grade for yesterday? Or, uh, <laughs> I hope not. Yeah. Like, can I go with incomplete? Incomplete. Let's, let's, let, let's, officially, the league year hasn't started yet. That's so let's, right. Let's see how it all plays out. But, uh, look, I, I, it's, not, um, I, it's probably not uh, earth-shattering or a shocker to anybody there that they've dipped back into, you know, what they know and some Patriots players and and. and Guys who have come from a winning culture, guys who have, you know, at least, did Amendola get more than one ring there? I'm trying to remember the timeline. But, you know, guys who obviously have played the game at the highest level, who are a part of that same um, paradigm that, that Quinn and uh, Patricia come from. And they're, they're under a little bit of heat now to, to make some gains. And uh, that was obviously a team that was in the playoffs or sort of on the cusp of the playoffs with Caldwell as the head coach, and, and you know, they, they obviously weren't that last year. And particularly the defensive side of the ball, which is Patricia's hallmark, um, I don't think anybody's surprised that, that they were going into the deep end of the pool for a guy like Trey Flowers. Um, they obviously needed help in the secondary as well. Uh, Golden Tate, you know, they, they, they moved on from him, and, and the money for some of these other slot receivers uh, will probably be pretty crazy by the time we get to late afternoon or this evening when, when some more of them have signed. So you get Amendola at, at a good price point, and, and they've obviously got some more holes there, and, and we'll see how they continue to plug. I don't think you can count on anything from Amendola. He's always been so injury-prone, and as soon as he left New England, once again his production totally dropped off. But I think Trey Flowers, certainly you could expect some good pass rush from him and teaming him with his former coach and Matt Patricia, you would assume Patricia knows how to get the most out of him. The issue has always been, though, guys that leave New England are never as productive once they leave New England. This has been a time-tested type of thing in the NFL. You can never assume the guy that leaves New England will be as valuable after he leaves New England. So what does that mean for Trey Flowers? Look, if he's even close to what he was in New England, it's of note and it's the right move for the Lions. You just got to hope he does not fall off the table. And that brings us to Jose Canseco, because over the weekend we learned that Alex Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez are now engaged. We got to see The Rock on social media, two lovebirds, and they seem to be very happy. And then there's Jose Canseco, who takes to Twitter and calls out Alex Rodriguez, calling him a cheater, 
saying that A-Rod is trying to hook up with Jose Canseco's ex-wife, threatening Alex Rodriguez to an MMA or boxing bout, and even putting personal phone numbers out there. So the problem with Jose Canseco is you never know when he's got the inside dirt and telling the truth, kind of like the steroids thing more than a decade ago, or when he's just trying to draw attention to himself. Here's Joe and Evan on WFAN in New York. So what's your prediction? You think they're actually going to get married? Yeah, I think they will. I don't think it'll last forever, though. We shall see. No, I don't think it's lasting long, especially if she's calling him constantly to see where he is. Yeah, at some point, that's not going to that's not gonna fly. Especially if he's actually hooking up. Right, well. Jose Canseco's right, ex-wife. Yeah, there you go. Can you read some oh, of those other tweets from Canseco for perspective? What was that, though? Can you read some of his other tweets from Canseco? you want Canseco? to read them? Tim Tebow. Let me teach you the art of power hitting, the technique and the psychology behind it. Tim Tebow, you're never going to make it to the major leagues with that swing. I'm here to help you, buddy. Tim Tebow, let me help you with your swing. I just saw one of your bats. You have no rhythm right now, and you're too rational. I will help free. I will help you for free. I'm a fan of yours. Irrational. Right. And then a lot of stuff about Bigfoot. Bigfoot. (laughs) How about this one? What? Come step into my world, the Twilight Zone, the world of pure imagination. Wow. <laughs> stay away from... I know from, a lot of those people. Stay Not away. just can't say. <laughs> a lot of people live with just pure imagination. <laughs> stay away from Bitcoin. It'll go up and... You know what I mean, though. rapidly so. drop. <laughs> you want to know what Jose Canseco would do if he was president? Oh, my God. He'd give citizenship to aliens and Bigfoot. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, don't have to worry about a wall. <laughs> wall ain't going to stop the aliens from the sky, man. Go on a Bigfoot and alien excursion with Jose Canseco, and then he gives a phone number. Well, he's just... Yeah. He's trying hard to be relevant, isn't he? Yeah, that's why if I'm Alex, I would show J-Lo the Twitter feed and say, you really believe him? That's right. how I'd handle it. Right. He Even also if it's was true. better. I mean, Canseco was a very good player, you know, but but A-Rod was better. So. Well, yeah. But I'm yeah. just saying... I'm just throwing it out. Oh, there. my God. Can I say this one? Okay. Yeah. Can you say it? I don't know. It's about him having relations with people. What kind of relations? Sexual relations. Uh, what type I of relations do you mean? I don't, what do I know? Basically, that he can guarantee you can win, You can live an extra 30 years by doing something with him. So he also oh, tweeted. Oh, that right? An extra 30, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. This is entertaining. Oh, my God. Oh, man. All right. He also wants to compete in the Masters Long Drive competition. Really? Yeah. Really? Major League Baseball is trying to control the Mars. And again, no more long 10-year deals. I think he means market. I just saw Mars. I got excited. Mars. It kind of goes in line with the aliens. (laughs) Yeah, it does fit in. All right. We'll take a quick break and come back with you. We need one after that. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. I think I need a shower. (laughs) (laughs) Joe does not want to continue living for 30 extra years. No. Not with what Jose no, is No, 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 no. I'm, I'm passing on that. Ah, uh, feels like the old days. Canseco back in the news. And since we already have the lid blown off steroids, I guess now it's time to rip apart happy couples, huh? Hey, we'll leave you with this. Sports Radio 105.7, the fan in Milwaukee. The Green Bay Packers have finally made moves. The Packers almost never make moves in free agency. And now they've signed three different players to help out their defense. Are Packers fans excited? I'll let you decide. 
I'm pretty happy. I'm not going to lie. I'm excited. Yeah, they got two guys. They got two guys, two impact guys on defense. Uh, Jason from South Milwaukee, who just called in, has tweeted us back and said, my nipples are rock hard right now. Oh, wow. Hashtag baby carrots. Okay. That's the kind of stuff you got to bring to your call, Jason. You call with your rock hard nipples. Yeah, well. Because I'd rather you say that than me read about your baby carrots. I, I would rather just not even talk about it. Baby carrots. My nipples are rock hard right now. Oh, wow. Hashtag baby carrots. Baby carrots. Hashtag baby carrots. Baby carrots. Hats an image to last a lifetime. Somebody's happy. I'm pretty happy. I'm not going to lie. I'm excited. That's the best in your sports talk for Tuesday, March the 12th. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. I've got baby carrots just thinking about it. Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe now for the best daily recap in sports talk on Radio.com or the Radio.com app. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 